2: And greetings, happy Friday. It's a Feedback Friday, in fact, here on Westwood One. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here as well. And if you want to let us know what you think about what we think, this is how you can take part in the show. Email us. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Speaking of CRTV, who powers this podcast each and every day, we just wrapped up the Dace Group production. That's our weekly roundtable, our weekly look at the week that was. Make sure you go to CRTV.com and check that out today. We have a ton of fun, as we always do. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. will get you a discounted subscription right away to CRTV, and not just our show, but every single show that gets done here each and every day. Uh, From the great one Mark Levin all the way down to uh, just plain old mediocrity other programming known as us crtv.com promo code dace all right let's get to some of the feedback that you have sent into the show we'll get to as many of these as we can and respond in kind gentlemen let's begin with jim hi jim Jim says hey guys I've been listening to your show for the past few years after being introduced by the Mark Levin show and conservative review where I picked up your podcast prior to you joining CRTV I was new to your show pleasantly surprised you were based in Iowa as am I. This month, I'm finishing up a two-year, no-regrets men's Bible study at my local church having after having been lukewarm in my faith throughout the years. I feel more at peace spiritually than at any time in my life. With that said, though, I'm also finding myself more cynical of everything in general than at any time I can remember, which I find hard to reconcile. I can help you with that. <laughs> um Come to butt <laughs> <laughs> nice yes grasshopper after having walked the earth Jim this is what I've learned no uh you know what I found is after I got converted and started and I really took being discipled seriously Jim what, what I found is when it came to politics I was more I was getting more conservative I was I was going to I was I was getting harder right on the issues the more I studied God's word and i found myself at the same time getting less partisan less republican if that makes sense because here's what the word of god does it it changes what we see and what we seek it is the other side of the looking glass in many respects it's scales falling off the eyes it's the it's the it's it's the red pill or the blue pill in the matrix I can never remember but whatever one opens your eyes to how things really are it's that color. And you go from at least I went from politically my primary thing was the Republicans could nominate you know I've got one of those 1980s football games on our, you know, the electronic football game. I used to play that for how many hours in the car growing up, right? I've got one of those as a memento. My kids bought it for me for for Christmas last year. I've got one of those here on our set. And if you'd have nominated this electronic football game, if the Republicans would nominate this electronic football game for any public office, before my conversion, I would have been there five minutes after the polls opened to vote for it. And you're nodding your head yes, Todd. Sure. Yeah, that was how I rolled. And then all of a sudden now this 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 new worldview, this new programming comes into play. And now I'm noticing things I never noticed before or that I even cared to notice before. And what it did is it actually made me more hard-right conservative on issues and less willing to tolerate your partisan tribalistic horsebucky. And I think that's because You've had a transformation in your life. And the reason you're more cynical about what's going on in the world is because you are you this is the this is the detachment phase, Jim. You are learning that this world is not your home. That there's there's more going on here. And that a lot of times we are ripping each other's spleens out, slitting each other's throats, kneecapping one another, knifing one another, betraying one another over things that A hundred years from now, hell, 10 minutes from now, no one's going to know or care about. And you're recognizing, why did I take this all so seriously when I can see just how utterly, undeniably meaningless it really is? It's one of the Beatitudes. You know, um, if his eye is on the sparrow... If God makes sure that the birds in the air have food to drink or have food to eat and water to drink, how much more will he care for you who are made in his image and have souls? Sufficient is the worries for the day. Don't let your heart be troubled about what clothes you wear, where your food will come from, etc. These are the things. This is the this is the Skinner's box we put each put ourselves in voluntarily, and we are often contesting over things that have virtually no meaning whatsoever. I'll just give you one one more example from my own life, and this is just something that's happened just in the last couple of years. As I've as I've watched my day job here doing politics and worldview and and I watch how much we are destroying each other over personalities instead of principles what's happening I do this this sports podcast for fun that actually has a pretty big audience and it's with one of my best friends that I used to do the morning sports show here in town with several years ago and I can sense he's starting to troll me now because he's now throwing out about, he's not really prone to outrageous opinion. He's far more studious, more you know, more Spock esque than me. Okay, he is. He, but I'm not willing to argue about some of the sports stuff I was willing to argue about before, because I'm just like, well, you know, I guess why sit here and, and kill each other over who we think is going to win the game? They'll play this fall. They'll play this weekend. They'll play later in the season and then we'll find out who the better team is. I, I don't see a reason why I need to, why do I need to lose my poop over a game that is five months away? Well, let's. they're going to play. We're going to know who's better. Scoreboard doesn't lie. There's no argument scoreboard doesn't win. Now, that's a very mature perspective. It also makes for a crappy podcast, all right? Because <laughs> <laughs> if your answer constantly is, why are we arguing about something that's just going to be determined for us a little bit later on? Well, that's what we do here. That's kind of the point of all of this, right? You know, but I'm losing my zeal to argue and debate everything. When I just used to love the argument, I used to love the debate. And now I'm just sort of like, you know, I've seen too many relationships ruined. I've seen too much collateral damage, too much carnage. Give me something like Alfie Evans that is of immediate existential import and I will go to the wall. No rock will go unturned. No missile will go unfired. No bullet will go unshot. No ammunition will go wasted. Other than that, though, I'm kind of like, you know, okay, we have a difference of opinion. I, I can live with that. I'm sorry, you can't. I can. I don't I don't need you to agree with me all the time. And I don't have to agree with you all the time. Let's just be honest about that. Your thoughts, Todd? Well,
1: I, I think you... You more, it's interesting. There's a level of I'm confused by this, but I think the scriptures answer this is the paradox of be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think your cynicism is uh, is the latter being uh, the former being wise as uh, serpents, but your being called uh, uh, to a, a a depth of faith is the innocent uh, as doves part. I think you are. You should not be troubled about where you are. You're right where you need to be. I think.
0: What I would, you, you know, I I would agree with with um, with Todd's assessment as well. And um, when you think about things in the political uh, world and culture, these are things that are passing away uh, very quickly. They are important because um, there are other human beings and other souls who need the same faith that. That you do, who need to hear about uh, the same savior, savior you claim, and so they're they're important, but they're not. Um, most things are not of existential importance, and so we need to be careful not to take everything as um, as as being that existentially important as an Alfie Evans. The point I'm trying to make is never. Ever let yourself be concerned with anything we talk about on this show, unless it's like what we talked about last week with Alfie—something that is that important. Anything on this show, anything you hear on anybody else's show—never, ever let yourself become so um, so ingrained or engrossed in that, or upset by that, that it causes you to lose joy, enjoy. I think. It can be looked at as peace or contentedness when things are not going well or happiness when things are going well. But we get our joy not from the world. We get our joy from uh, communion with our God. And so um, I think dissatisfaction with the world is probably a good place to be because it means that your satisfaction is not Mm -hmm. coming from this world.
2: Mm -hmm. Well said. I agree. Um, Ryan Ben says, my dad turned me on to you guys' podcast. I really enjoy it. I live in Des Moines. I'll be attending Drake Law School in the fall. I listened to the recent podcast in which you talked about legal theory. I know I won't be learning about the natural law in school this fall, so I was wondering how I could learn more about it prior to school starting. Are there any books or judicial opinions that you would recommend reading? Anything I should listen to? Ryan, I'm going to give you Two things to start with, and if any of you are listening to this, and this is a topic we've talked a lot about over the years and we will continue to address, I just finished the chapter on this in my in my in my next book. It's the longest chapter in the book because I think it's the most important issue the book addresses. Uh, I'm going to give you two things. First thing, Ryan, is I want you to Google Thomas Jefferson judicial tyranny. And read as many things that come up as you possibly can. The other thing is, Ryan, I want you to read what was the basic law book of the founding generations of this country. This was required, just like the New England Primer was the basic textbook for um, colonial school children, the generations that created America. And it literally taught... It's basic curriculum right out of the Bible. For example, the alphabet was taught with the Bible. A is for Adam. Right on down the line. Okay? So, I want you to read Sir William Blackstone's Commentaries on the Laws of England. Blackstone's notions of common and natural law were were the single most influential tomes for American law schools at the founding of the country and really well into the 19th century until Darwinism took everything over in the latter half of the of the 19th century. So Sir William Blackstone's Commentaries on the Laws of England. If you want to know what your founding fathers who were lawyers, if you want to know, I, I know people are going to tell you Bastiat. I mean, that stuff's all great. Okay? But this is really the le- Locke Absolutely, these are all philosophers that had huge influence on the founding generations of the country. But in terms of the actual formation, the nuts and bolts, the structure of America's law, rule of law, where does it come from? You definitely want to read Sir William Blackstone's Commentaries on the Laws of England. Thank you, Ryan.
1: Could I add one book? Sure. On Two Wings by uh, the... Now uh, departed uh, Michael Novak. Uh, it documents through the going through the diaries of the founding fathers. The two wings being uh, reason and scripture. Scripture being as you see, Blackstone, Locke, Montesquieu, but that the number
2: one and Montesquieu is the other name I couldn't remember. Thank you.
1: The number one uh, citation by far in terms of validating the Constitution experiment they were undertaking was scripture, particularly the yep. the Old Testament, and it. It's not even close. So it's important to get that depth of their own. Ins- again, these so-called deists were pointing over and over and over again to the Bible as the inspiration for what they were constructing.
2: And then all the philosophers that you just named—Montesquieu, Locke—I mentioned Bastiat—they um, would be your general revelation, natural law, sort of foundations. Blackstone is the bridge between specific inference or even deference uh, to the scriptures and then bringing that into a real-world legal context. Meaning, if this, if, if this is the natural law, if what the scriptures reveal to us is the natural law, the character of God— then how do we put human hands and nuts and bolts on that to make that attainable in a in a governing in a, in a governing sense? Blackstone sort of the is sort of the bifrost uh, between d- d- more of the more of the natural philosophers and the explicit scripture references. Did you
1: just go cinematic Greek mythology or, yeah, or Norse mythology to I try did. to make sense of I this? Did. Yes, nice. I did.
2: did you like that? So, yes. So, so think of when next time you watch Thor, think of Blackstone as Jeez. that rainbow bridge oh, between uh, the nine realms. That's kind of what we're talking about. Okay. That makes perfect
1: sense.
2: <laughs> right about now, Ryan's like, I really thought this was going to be an easy answer, <laughs> yeah. frankly. What the hell's a Bifrost? Uh, let's continue. Eric Ellert writes. You keep asking what has changed and what might be uh, and you might be overlooking one fact where North Korea is concerned. Um, The Kim family's role model and big brother has always been China. As Todd says, China's population just quote unquote voted to make Xi lifelong president. Do we really think that the brainwashed population of North Korea wouldn't do the same for Kim Jong-un? Un gets to deliver economic prosperity that the North Korean people have never seen and looks like a hero. He then asked them to vote in as a leader forever, as China just did. Who loses in this situation? China makes more customers for, gets more customers for their goods. The North Korean people get food and idolize the Kim family. China and Russia still have control over North Korea. China flatters Trump and gets him to soften on the trade war. China and Russia both get more fiscal power and become less dependent on the U.S. economy. My theory is that, therefore, the only loser in this situation will be the U.S. I think it says Xi. Z gets, gets Trump to do what he wants regarding the trade war, and China minimizes the long-term importance of the U.S. economy. Just a thought. P.S. Hope you enjoyed the peanut butter cups over Easter. We did, by the way. That was oh, yeah. really good. Thank you, Eric. Your thoughts on Eric's theory, gentlemen?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's where I I... I I don't think we need to be doctrinaire. It probably is going to be a hybrid of of, of what Aaron discussed on the television, which show is which you, you want
2: it, to watch today. It was brilliant, yeah. actually.
1: and and that what well, you and I simultaneously a week ago, the Eureka. You and I came to. Yeah, it's gonna it's going to be some hybrid uh, of all that. But he he's right there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's just as plausible as as anything. I, I think what we can say for certain is one what we're watching right now is truly historic this is not the. I don't I don't I'm not in the the, the thinking that this is some sort of uh, ploy to extort something out of um, the West so what we're seeing is historic and I think I, I think just based on human nature I don't think that Kim Jong-un has had some sort of come-to-Jesus change of, change of heart either. There's got to be something in return for him, and he's got to see some sort of opening there. So I, I think that the, 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 the theory plaus- or, or posited by Eric is just as, as plausible as anything. Drew writes,
2: if the Republican Party leadership is hopelessly held by the corporatist and pro-life candidates who fund Planned Parenthood, what should Republican voters like me do? I vote in the primaries and my vote is no rubber stamp, but somehow the Mitch McConnells of the world get reelected, and the Paul Ryans of the world become them. I go between hopeless disgust of the party and burning urge to change it, despite the fact that I probably make little to no impact. Should I keep voting in the primary system or just cut my losses and start supporting another party? Um, Whatever whatever drew doesn't cause you to lose your integrity is what you ought to do. Now I'm going to tell you right now. I I think there is zero chance of changing this party. And I mean zero. Like less than zero. And you can tell that I think that. It's like, you know, why am I not a Muslim? Because I don't believe Muhammad was a prophet. I don't believe the Quran. I don't believe Allah is God. If I did believe those things, guess what I would be? Muslim. I'd be a Muslim. Why am I not a Republican? Because I don't believe I can, it can be changed. If I didn't believe that, after a 10 years on the front lines, and I, w- I would take the vast majority, 90% maybe, of the people in my industry who have bigger platforms and bigger name brands than me. And I would stack my service in this party the last 10 years on its front lines up against theirs. And it's probably a very short list of people that have gotten their hands dirty at the active, at the level of activism for the Republican party that I have in my career. So I'm not making this as a hot take, I didn't come to this conclusion, uh, you know, from from a business plan standpoint. Or, uh, in, you know, I don't know if you guys had noticed. You know, they don't go out of their way to book people on Fox, which is the number one goal of everybody in our industry is to be on Fox. They're not going out of their way to book people on Fox that don't think there's much hope in the Republican Party. Have you guys, is there a run, are They, they got to run on those guests right now on Fox that you're aware of, No. Yeah, they're not. You know, so this this has brought me no career advancement. This position on any level whatsoever. <laughs> It's done the opposite, actually. I'm not going to lie to you. I tried this. I tried it at a level 99.999999999999 into infinity percent of you listening to me right now will never have the opportunity to. Because you don't have the network and you don't live in the state of such a network that I have. Where I can do this at a presidential level. I mean, I, I, most of you live in, even if you live in a state, like a huge population state, like even Texas that's red, you didn't have opportunities I had here. Because I live where the, where, where the power in this party is determined. Who's the face of it? Who, who hires the RNC chair? Who, does that, who do all those people report to? Who determines who gets which seat at the table? That's determined by who your president is and who your nominee is. And your nominee determines that the minute they become the nominee. And then if they become president, they determine that for as long as they hold that office. And I sat here with rarefied access to that process because of where I live and the network and context I've built because of where I live. And so, you know, I've observed this party in its natural habitat. I'm not just throwing out you know, hot takes from afar in dimly lit studios, you know, in order to say outrageous things to get people to tune in. This isn't my pronouncement that the the friggin frogs are gay. You've seen the sausage get I've, made I've, on I've the been front to line. the sausage making factory. I worked there, guys. They invited me in. So yeah, I've seen it. I don't think it's possible. And if I thought it was even remotely possible. I would have erred on the side of what's best for my career and stayed. I don't think it's possible at all. And, and my continuing zeal and quest to change an organization that really wasn't interested in people like me or you for any reason other than, can we scare you into voting for us every November? And then after that, you wouldn't want to be a, you're a booty call, man. That's what you are. And they got a chicken in every port, Okay. That's what you are. That's all they care about. Shut up and vote. That's it. That's all they care. We rattle the zipper, come hither. That's it. That's all they care about for people like us. Well, what was happening is when I had to come to the realization that this was true, I started to hate these people on a visceral level. I don't like being played for a fool. And it was causing me to get to a point where we were going beyond righteous indignation now that it was getting personal. Like, I, we were joking on the TV show about Aaron needs better dreams. I've got better dreams. I kind of like to hurt that person. That, that's what I was dreaming about. That's not good, man. Paul says, in your anger, do not sin. It was turning me into a person I didn't like. So I had to walk away. Because I, I just, I couldn't love my neighbor as I loved myself. I couldn't do it. They'd lied to me too many times, rubbed my nose in it too many times. And I went from justifiable indignation to after I after I whoop you with the jawbone of an ass and you cry uncle, I think I'm just going to keep hitting you because I'm mad. That's not good, okay? That's not what Christ calls us to so I had to walk, bro. I had to walk out. Now, Drew, or anybody else asking this question that Drew is asking, if you can stay and fight, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I've been wrong a couple times the last couple of years. I know when my career first started to launch, I was sort of this political wunderkind in terms of analysis and everything else. My models are broken now. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. So I'm going to tell you that. Most people in my line of work won't be honest and tell you that. They'll just keep making these declarations like they see into the future. I, I don't know what will happen. I think I have some learned assessments. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can fix this party. If you try, you're successful. It's certainly the easier path than starting a whole new one or taking a a minor one and making it a major one. History has shown, however, reform efforts for corrupted enterprises almost never work. You can't pour new wine into old wineskins. You have to go start new things. You know, I mean, that's that's the history of our species. Once things deteriorate to this point, and usually the Puritans almost always end up becoming pilgrims meaning that you start the reformers start off thinking I just don't think the people in control really know what's happening and so let, let's let's get in front of them and inform them and then they will fix things yeah <laughs> you inform them like thanks for letting us know letting you know what uh, letting us know who we need to hang because you figured out our scam and we can't let you tell everybody else about it so that's when they jump on rickety boats and become pilgrims that's you, that that's more the history of our species. Not things go it's it's you know, it's the correspondence between Jefferson and Adams at the end of their lives. When when a cause or a nation has lost its virtue, when does it recover it? Well, Steve, the the ancient nation nation of Israel did at a very steep price. Like Diasporas. Hundreds, sometimes hundreds of years of diasporas. Sometimes it was only 70 years. One human lifespan, basically. That's all. Sometimes it was 40 years walking around a mountain. I mean, those are some pretty... How many of us in this in 21st century America right now are willing to pay those kinds of prices? That's why I have very little hope it would work. I have zero, actually. Now, maybe for you, Drew, and others like you, maybe there's something I missed. I... I don't have the easiest personality to like all the time. I I live with it. I know. I know. I I say things sometimes even to my own kids who I promise I love more than any of you listening to me. And sometimes I just naturally say something in a way that I have to apologize for right afterwards because it was so instantly snotty and it's really not what I intended. So I know. I know the baggage I have. I'm the one carrying it. Maybe someone can do this who's nicer, prettier, smarter, wittier, richer, funnier. I, maybe, maybe there's another better person that can do what I was unable and people that worked with me were unable to do. Or maybe it can't be done. Whatever the answer is, go, stay. Don't make dwelling over that the main source of your decision-making process instead make where do I think I can do the most good in service to my creator make that the focus of your decision making process anybody want to add to that
1: oh, just to prime the pump I, I would honestly I would do what the three of us well, I, I think Aaron did this same thing i'm not sure but uh, kim did it when she was here but leave the party go go through that process be out then pay attention to what they're doing i mean the Repo- if all the people who want the republican party to actually succeed and be what it lies to us about actually be those things if there's a chance if if it's above 0 steve if it's if it's even 1 as good a play as any for all the people who are currently registered Republicans to say, "I'm out until you give me a
2: reason to Can, come I'm, back I, in." I've often thought, isn't the better strategic play for just to become independents? That's who they're obsessed with. We're independent, yeah. so you got to win. We, yeah. we, we got to win over our vote rather than because right. you know it's funny when you mention that. I think I even talked about some of this a little bit last year. My Republican congressman here in in Central Iowa, David Young, is not a match for me. Okay. Effeminate, yep. Rhino, everything I'm not, man. I mean, literally, it's like we can't inhabit a room. I had to, to force myself to be nice to him because I just want to grab garlic and make the sign of the cross. It's he's everything about masculinity, republicanism, what what the the what, the surrender caucus. He is the embodiment of everything I've professionally fought against in this party my entire career. And so when I was a Republican. And he would come to the meetings, he'd come to our events, and he'd walk into our offices, and he would promise to do things and look us right in the eye and say he was going to do things. I knew he had not the balls to do. My fury would flame. And I just sit there and think, I wonder if I should just follow him outside right now, get it over with. I mean, because I know he's lying to me. Don't fucking lie to me, man. I hate it. Gosh, I can't stand it. Now you're playing me for a fool. Don't do that. I couldn't bring myself to vote for him because I knew he'd go up there and get a forty percent liberty score, which is pretty much what he has. But you know, it's it's weird now. I haven't been a Republican. Actually, yesterday was May third. No, today's May fourth. It was the day after Cruz dropped out. That's when I was out. So it's been it's two years today that I I literally burned my GOP card and registered independent. And if you live in, by the way, if you live in an open primary state, you can just go register. If If you'd like a conservative running in a primary, just show up on primary day and change your registration temporarily to Republican and vote for him. You can do that. What's funny, though, is the last two years now that I'm not a Republican, this is the irony. Now that I'm not expecting anything from him at all, now that I don't view him and I on the same team whatsoever, we're not on the same team. We don't have the same beliefs, you know. The Republicans all these years have said to conservatives, you know, um, don't take this so personally. Be more pragmatic. Well, you know, it's a lot easier for like I don't, I don't necessarily need to go. I don't, I didn't, I didn't. When I went shopping for tires for my wife last month, I didn't ask any of the people that I called for for a price. Hey, where do you guys go to church? I didn't ask any of them that. I didn't ask him, hey, can I see your browser history? You ever had any same-sex attraction? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What, what do you think about defunding Planned Parenthood? I didn't ask him about any of that. I didn't care. just wanted some tires. At hopefully the best competitive, cheapest rate I could get. Because I'm not a part of the tire community, because we're not buddies, we're not pals, because I have no expectation from them other than just you know make sure the lug nuts are on there tight and you know there's if the tire blows, you will fix it. That's all. Then I really don't need to know anything else other than who's going to give me the best deals on my tires And the funny thing is you could probably I don't know I still don't know that I'm there, but I'm much more open to voting for David Young in November of this year than I have not voted for him the last two times he's ran. I just left my ballot blank for Congress. Wouldn't even consider it. Not going to vote for somebody who just looks me in the eye and lies to me. Not going to do that. But now I'm kind of like, well, I, I I actually like that extra hundred and some odd bucks in my paycheck that he, you know that tax cut. I know Nancy Pelosi will take it away. You see where I'm getting at with this? Yeah. Now that I don't care, I'm not emotionally invested. I don't view you as any as any tool or instrument of my worldview or my faith on any level. If anything, you're a corrupting influence for it. As I watch people forgive things with their with the magic R Republican politicians, they'd never forgive in their own spouses or children. People they actually love. So if anything, it's not a tool for good. It's a corrupting one when we attempt to use it as a tool for good. It becomes an idol. You're this former receptionist that used to adore me. I just talked about it on the podcast yesterday. friend of mine saw that post and she emailed me and said, I've seen her doing this with other people. She seems to be getting bitter and angry. If you don't like Trump as much as she does. And I'm like, why would you get, if you think things are going so well, why would that make you bitter and angry? You know what I'm saying? Like, I got bitter and angry because things weren't going well. They weren't doing any of the things they promised me. They didn't repeal Obamacare. Guys, can I let you know a dirty little secret? You want to know why conservative review exists? It exists Because someone who was a very generous donor to the Republican Party was made promises by Speaker Boehner and GOP leaders that if he gave obscene, life-changing amounts of money to the Republican Party, donated to them what you and I would thank God if we could actually earn as an annual salary, far beyond that, actually, that if he gave them these ungodly, life-changing amounts of money, they would repeal Obamacare. They would defund Planned Parenthood. They would do the stuff he cares about. And they took his money and didn't do a damn thing with it. So he decided, you know what? If that's how you're going to do me, I'm going to take my money and create an organi- and create an, 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 a mechanism by which to expose you lying frauds. And that's why the first thing we ever launched a Conservative Review was this Liberty Score, so we could keep track of just how much of these lying frauds really lie to us. That's our origin story. That's how we came about. But now that I, I I don't care. It's kind of funny too. Some of the people that are the that I used to fight for control of this party hate me even more than they did when I fought them to for control of it. Because now I'm like I, I don't care. You guys can just bugger it. I don't care. I I don't care what you do with it. You can fry it. You can saute it. You can boil it. You can boil it. Shrimp gumbo. I, I don't I don't care, Bubba Gump. I don't care. Do whatever you want. It's all yours. Now they're like, now they even hate me all the more. What do you mean you won't play the game now? I'm, I'm out. You win. You, you beat me. You've got your way. I'm, I give it back to you, the people. It's yours. Gosh, now they really hate me. I'm like, why? Isn't this what you wanted? Didn't you want me out? Didn't you want me to stop motivating people to take you out? That's exactly what I did. I'm demotivating. I'm doing what you asked of me. But no, see, what that shows them, now they're even more convicted. That I simply find this whole thing a waste of my time. Because what I'm really saying is if I find it a waste of my time, you know what I'm also saying? That I find it a waste of theirs. Yes. And that is awfully convicting. I had to figure that out. I'm like, what? I thought when I gave this up, we could all just be friends and buddies again. Now you hate, now you're backstabbing me more. Now you're gossiping about me more. I don't understand. I gave you exactly what you asked me to do. Gave you the control you wanted. I don't care who wins your primaries 99% of the time. I don't care. You got it. It's all yours. Get it all over you. Enjoy it. So Golem is really offended when you wrestle with him for the precious. But he's even more offended when you just look at him and say, I'm not even angry with you. You're a pathetic figure. You're going to have it. Oh, gosh. Now he's really mad. So I, I might even vote for David Young now just because, to me, he's the guy that gave me more of my money back. I don't, I don't believe he believes almost anything else I believe in at all. I have no expectation at all. I don't really care what his moral views are. I don't care any more than I care what the moral views are of the the guy at the tire shop. I don't. Now, if I see that you are going to directly take what I give you and, you know, if you tell me when I walk into the tire shop, hey, after you cut me that $500 check for your wife's new tires, I'm actually just going to take it right out of the till and go down and give it to this human trafficking guy. You, know, you see what I'm saying? That's different now. OK, don't be dumb, everybody. I think we you understand. I'm hoping we're adult here. You understand what I mean. But barring that you are directly telling me. What your malevolent intent is with the resources I'm giving you, beyond that, it's the great prophet Phil Collins once saying, I don't care any mo wo. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if they impeach Trump or not. I don't care. I don't. Now, if you're telling me that one of these people is gonna take some of my hard earned money off the table that I'm using to feed my family, I care about that. Know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't care if the police are coming to arrest the guy at the Walmart tire counter because he didn't pay his child support. That's not my problem. I don't care. I do care if you tell me that Walmart's going to charge me cheaper for tires than Costco. Then I care. See what I'm getting at here? So I don't don't really care what David Young's abortion views are anymore. I don't care. Because I'm not in any sort of agreement with him on it or anything else. I'm not in... We're not on the same team we're not as as the great prophet Nick Nolte once said to Eddie Murphy in 48 hours we ain't partners we ain't brothers and we certainly ain't friends okay so i'm okay, i'm perfectly fine with vote for the hack that will give you more of your money back in fact that rhymes and that really ought to be the 2018 GOP get out the vote slogan vote for the hack that will give you your damn money back all right i'll do that why wouldn't i vote for more of my own money would you would you not vote for more of your own money I would. Yeah, unless, you, unless they specifically told you, you know, um, you, you have to do something evil in order to get it, then my answer is no. But if all I have to do is just go and say, well, just political hack A hates me. Political hack B hates me. Political hack A, though, hates me so much, they'll give me some of my own money back if I vote them in office to continue hating me. That just really seems like a really solid contractual agreement. I'll, I'll do that. final thoughts Todd and
1: Aaron Uh, definitely need that weekend um, coming up uh, but you're right uh, it's why I said to sum up to start what started that off me telling you to leave the Republican Party I don't think you truly understand how freeing that can be how uh, and the potential it has writ large to potentially change the party. Uh, even if it doesn't feel like a great option, we have very few <laughs> options. What period. is the great option? <laughs> yeah. So roll with it, baby.
2: You guys, hey, you've been wanting me all these years to choose the lesser of two evils. Well, tell me what's the great option here. I don't see one.
0: Aaron. Um, if I were the uh, producer of the Steve Dace show and there was no Steve Dace... Um, I I would not have a livelihood now, would I? It's because you're my boss and you're the guy whose name is on the show. I think we need to start looking at our involvement in politics, uh, particularly as it pertains to uh, party politics in the same way. We are the boss. so they are the employee. So they need you more than the other way around. Never fall for the banana in the tailpipe again. Of well, you know that's the best way of it. you know. Don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe of we gotta we gotta uh, we gotta support the Republican because um, uh, you know we gotta support this particular Republican who's going to backstab us or who already has or just hates our guts because you know we can't let the Democrat. Don't ever fall for that again
2: well everybody have a great weekend thanks for tuning in on the podcast here on a feedback Friday don't forget CRTV.com promo code DACE steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show back at it again on Monday until then John 317
1: this is Steve Dace
2: I like I like you